0: He knew he needed to uh, to bring on some people to to take charge of. So really, learning how to delegate responsibility um, to, to your you know your team, and obviously with his team being the coaching staff, and not having a, a fear factor, if you will, of man, if I bring this person on board, you know, they they could potentially unseat me. He just uh, I think he he was very very cognizant of the fact that having some really uh, great quality people around you can only help you, you know, get to where you want to go. Um, with with you know all that, he, he just he knew how to motivate guys. Um, still to this day, is one one of the best you know pregame speech type of uh, coaches that that you see in the movies. I mean, he he could rival anybody. Just just had that had that knack. Um, was
1: awesome at it no doubt about it, one of the best that's ever donned a headset on the Florida high school sideline. Well, you go to the University of Florida and you played for one of the great strategists in all of college football history, Steve Spurrier. Um, What stuck out with you? What made Steve Spurrier a great strategist?
0: Just one of a kind. I mean, I know people have, have, you know, said the, the, the same thing but he just really was a, a, um, his ability to to quickly uh, you know assess everything that's going on and then and then make that that call um, you know he was old school he just had he had a play sheet with with some handwritten notes and just his ability as a play caller i think is is by far in a way probably one of his greatest talents as a coach and and just being able to you know, not only make, you know, halftime adjustments, but just in the moment drive adjustments. And uh we just always felt so confident when we were when we were playing that, you know, the HBC was going to get us in, in the best possible play, uh, to either, you know, get the first down, get the crucial touchdown or, or, or whatever was needed. He just he just had that knack and I think he he had that even, you know, as he went to South Carolina and, and everywhere he's been, he, just, he knows how to call a place. No doubt
1: about it. If you'd like to talk to Mike Pearson, former Florida Gator, and Jacksonville Jaguars offensive tackle, give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. Mike, do you have a favorite Steve Spurrier story? There's, every time we get a former Gator on that played for him, we, we ask him for a Steve Spurrier story, and they usually have some pretty good ones.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, you know, off the field, I would say, uh, you know, some some people know about kind of my my freak car accident with hitting my head in the uh, the O'Connell Center. But uh, long story short, I <laughs> decided to take on a concrete pillar in the, uh, the O'Connell Center, and, and luckily, by the grace of God, I didn't didn't get killed. But I'm uh, I'm in the hospital at the, uh, the Shands right there on campus, and. I get a phone handed to me, and it's Coach Spurrier on the other line, and he's like, "Michael, they uh, they said you're not going to die." I said, "No, sir, I think I'm okay." He goes, "Well, don't be such a dumbass next time. We hope you get better." <laughs> so That's kind of his way of of uh, letting you know he cared about you, but then also kind of putting back in your place of, "Hey, you know, it's your fault you're kind of sitting in this uh, hospital, but you know, we, we care about you once you get better," and then. You know, on the field, um, he, he just he he would again ha- had a pretty quick quick wit about himself, and so we're uh, we're watching film, and uh, unfortunately, the the people or players that would try to make excuses just always made it worse for themselves. <laughs> so, so I was pretty I was pretty savvy enough to realize early on, like just if you did something wrong and you're watching the film together as a, as an offensive unit and he starts kind of pouncing on you, just kind of beat him to the punch and say, yep, coach, I sucked on that play just, and then move <laughs> forward. But I won't, I won't say who exactly didn't take that advice, but a certain individual kind of tried to start going down the path of giving them the reasons and why they <laughs> did this and didn't do that. And then he just kind of quickly looked at him. And he said, well, you know, it's not your fault. We recruited you. We put you on the field. <laughs> everybody in the, the room just starts dying laughing. Just, he just, you know, quickly reminds you that, uh, you know, he, he's, he's the head ball coach, and and uh, he's going to let you know you, you didn't do well in that play. But, you know, he, he, for, for all the antics and things that you would obviously see on the sidelines, he, uh, he cared about us. He treated us great. Um, I think because obviously he's he played the game at a high level and uh, knew knew when the bodies were tired and didn't didn't grind us to death and um, just just awesome time and experience uh, to, to play for uh, obviously a legend of, of of football.
1: You know, one of the things that two things I think he was highly underrated. One is a recruiter when he went mm-hmm. to the NFL. Florida had more players in the NFL than any other team in the country, and only two of those players predated him. Lomas Brown was still in the NFL, and Emmitt was in the NFL. And the other thing is that I think he was a great motivator. And from the outside, it seemed to me that his strength as a motivator was that he never got his teams too high after a big win, and he never let them get too low after a defeat. What do you think I'm correct or am my wealth based on those two things?
0: No, I mean certainly on the, the talent level. I mean it, it was it's funny you mention that because I was reminiscing and and uh we're talking about kind of my recruiting process and and uh just you know him him coming to the house. I mean it, it was just this was back in 97. I mean we had people posting up outside of the house and <laughs> I mean just you know, this this was at his peak, if you will, of his power, because they they just won the national title and um, just yeah, he he knew he he knew um, probably what was important to the kid and the family and I, for me in particular. I mean, he asked me a question. I tell a lot of people still today. He said, "Mike, when when you're done playing football, where are you going to live?" And I kind of, as a seventeen year old kid, I said, Co- "Coach, I, I Florida, I guess." And he said, "Yeah, exactly." He said. What I'm trying to tell you is, look, you've got an opportunity to go wherever you want, play wherever you want, but I'll just tell you that a degree in playing football at the University of Florida is going to matter a whole lot more when you're a 35-year-old guy than a degree in playing football at, you know, University of X, you know, pick pick whoever was I was getting recruited by. And, and that that really struck me. I mean, he was right, and thankfully I, I took his advice because, I mean, to this day I, I've gotten some opportunities because I played football at the University of Florida. So I think, you know, those type of recruiting um, tactics, if you will, were, were just, one. number one, they were genuine. And then number two, it, it was smart because he knew kind of what to, uh, how to present it to, to the kids. And then, you know, as far as the, the highs and the lows, you're exactly right where he was very, very uh, um, in tune with, you know, don't love them up and and pump them up too much when when they win because you can get a big head and you know lose sight of of the basics and fundamentals and the things that maybe got you there. And then also too, when you lost, I mean, losing in and of itself is probably enough of the of the medicine you need. So he he never felt the need and never kicked us or or you know kicked us when we were down and and just made it even worse. I mean, you know, and plus because he was a part of it, he, he always. Would, would take the bullets first and and always take the blame and more times than not, you know I never heard him throw a player or, or an individual on the bus. He took it head on uh, when the, when the loss would occur. Um, but yeah, he just kept us level, like you said.
1: You also played in the NFL for one of the toughest coaches ever, Tom Coughlin. You know he was a college teammate with Larry Zonka and Floyd Little at Syracuse, and um, he was sort of a a drill sergeant kind of guy what what did you learn from tom coughlin
0: uh black and white i mean that's that's a great way to describe coach coughlin is you knew exactly where he stood and that was from the the starting quarterback to the, the 53rd guy on the roster um treated everybody fairly equally um no one was was above the law if you will or or you know had had favoritism and uh always prepared. Obviously my rookie year, we, we struggled, but I will say every single game, it was, it was fascinating to me when a certain play would happen that, I mean, he went over in detail if this and this and this set up like this, or the defense shifts here, I mean, it would happen almost to the exact, you know, nth degree that he described prior prior to the to the play actually happening. Wow, so, Mike, we're running short. So of,
1: we're running short of time. One thing I wanted to ask you about him is his record overall wasn't that great because he took Jacksonville over as an expansion team, but he was a three time Super Bowl winner, once as an assistant, and twice as a head coach. I think he should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame.
0: I agree. I, I think you know championships is where things are measured, and and. A guy that has two Super Bowls as a coach, and uh, or three as a coach, one as an assistant, in my book is uh, one of the, one of the best of all time.
1: I could not agree more, Mike. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Um, can't wait to meet you in person. Um, I know you're going to speak to my Rotary Club a little later. And um, before we go, we got about thirty seconds. Tell the audience what you're doing today.
0: So I uh, just got into the uh, commercial insurance world. Um, I've been in med device sales for. 15 years and decided to uh, sell my business and, and switch gears and, and take on a new challenge. So any listeners out there that need uh, need some insurance, definitely uh, look us up at the BKS partners over in Lakeland.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much. If you hang on the line, we'd like to get a show liner from you. Absolutely. All right. Mike Pearson, one of my favorite Gators, Jacksonville Jaguar, and just a fine human being. You're listening to Ronnie O in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7, rock it on in the 8 o'clock hour. We are talking sports in the Ozone. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe, brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie Ocean back in the Ozone, flying solo tonight. Coach Joe flying off on one of Eric Clark's fleet of Learjets. I don't know where he is, probably in the Bahamas. I don't know where he is either, but he better bring it back. (laughs) Oh, And one of our favorite guests with us tonight, the Man of the hour, Mr. Jim Henry. Jim, welcome to Ozone with Ronnie Ocean. Hi, well, how
0: you doing, buddy? I think we need to go to the Bahamas.
1: You know, I'm with you. I, I like that. You know, see, Eric is a multi-billionaire, you know, but he's a skin flint, and he, he won't share any of his money. Just be quiet, Ronnie. And he's got a fleet of yachts, lear jets. Quiet! <laughs> uh, well, Florida State University, 10-0. Oh. Mike Norvell does not make a move without consulting you first, I know. So, (laughs) they've got North Alabama coming up. The 3-7 and Lions this weekend, not much of a threat, and probably not much of a threat coming to Florida Field the following week. So, do they have to be undefeated to get into the playoff, in your opinion, Jim? Yeah, most
0: certainly. Um, Yeah, I mean, North Alabama this week is pretty much, uh, not that it's a bye week, but, yeah, it should be relatively easy. And I love Coach Norville's quote about, hey, you know, we respect the game. We're going to play hard. You know, they're heavily, heavily, heavily favorites. So, um, uh, you know, in the Florida game, you know, Florida is, is scuffling a little bit, obviously. But, you know, it's going to be two rivals. And, and unless U.S., uh, you know, gets an upset, I mean, they're going to be playing for their bowl life against uh, FSU and, and not only that, have the opportunity to wreck FSU season as well. So, yeah, uh, you know, that could be that could be a great rivalry game, and um, you know, similar to FSU Miami. I mean, FSU was heavily favored over Miami at home, but you know, Hurricanes uh, uh, you know made it a close game, and um, yeah. But there's the point now, FSU's got to win out, um, and I wouldn't be surprised even if uh, you know they win this week, they could drop in the college football rankings uh, to fifth, but um, we'll see. That
1: all plays out. Well, if Washington and FSU, they're almost tied right now in strength of schedule. Washington probably has a stronger strength of schedule to finish out the season undefeated because they're probably going to play Oregon again.
0: And yeah, assuming
1: right. that Oregon's a one-loss team at the time they play, if Washington were to win, FSU beats a one-loss Louisville, who gets that fourth spot?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, it could be up for grabs. I mean, I, I think that since FSU has been for, you know, this entire time, um, you know, they got they have the upper hand. But again, you don't know, you have no idea what they're thinking, or um, you can't control. You know, you can, what do I say? You can only control what you can control. So FSU just got to continue to play, play well, and, and win, and, and um, showcase their, uh, you know, showcase their qualities.
1: You know, one of the things that one of the guys that's been the standout is Jordan Travis. Um, where do you think he stands in the Heisman Trophy right now with Penix Jr. and um Bo Nix? Um, where do you think Jordan yeah, Travis stands?
0: I, I think, yeah, I think right now he's on the outside looking in. I mean, he's had a great year, um, a tremendous year, and you know, he's meant so much to this program. Um, just not real sure, uh he's yeah it'd be great if he's invited to new york i you know i don't think he's going to win the heisman but um yeah we'll see again it's, it's it's how you play in the big games and he's got a, he's got a couple left so uh you know a couple left to make an impression
1: who would you say has been florida state's mvp on offense and defense
0: i say travis um on offense I, I just think he's been so consistent you know you got to love the receivers but they've been, um, hurt unfortunately. And Benson's, uh, you know, been solid, but, um, yeah, I think Jordan's been the trigger man and he's kind of the heart and soul uh, of the offense. Um, and defense, that's a good question. You know, I think Jared, uh, he's not playing, you know, he's not having the year he had a year ago. I mean, he's still making a difference on defense, but, um, you know, maybe somebody in the secondary, um, I don't think off the top of my head, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good one. Who, who you got a favorite? I'm, I'm just trying
1: to think of versus one of the ones, like you say, his numbers are down, but it seems like he's a guy that is drawing a lot more double teams this year. And it's not from a lack of effort, it's just that teams know how good he is and they seem to be paying a lot of attention to him. So, I,
0: yeah, that, that, that's true. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I've talked to some coaches and, and around the league, and, and um, he, yeah, he's he's not playing. I mean, he's playing hard, but I'm not real sure he's playing the level that he played to last year. But you know, again, that was that was an incredible season for him.
1: What are you hearing about Jeremiah Smith, the number one receiver in the country? I'm hearing that he's going to flip from Ohio State to Florida State. Are you hearing that? It,
0: yeah, I mean it. it it could happen. I mean, Norvell's been uh, his recruiting has been strong as heck, and um, you know he obviously is what he's done in the transfer portal has been amazing. But he's just um, FSU's hot right now. You know, Norvell's connecting, and, and um, he I think he really connects with these kids, and he's honest with them. And, and you're getting a lot of players all of a sudden wanting to come to FSU again.
1: Well, and it also what do you think about? When they without the divisions, you know, to me, that seems to be the death knell for people like Wake Forest and um, NC State. People like that, if they were, if there were divisions, then those teams might have had a chance if if they're in the weaker division. Whereas now, it seems like this was sort of an underhanded way that the television people said, "Look, we don't want another one of those Wake Forest Georgia Tech." ACC championship games
0: <laughs> yeah no I mean that, that, that's a good way to I mean that's an interesting way to look at it um I've always thought you know you, if you're two of the best teams you're going to finish at the top anyway you know um and if if they end up playing Louisville I, I think that would be a great game um Louisville to me is playing amazingly well um but yeah I mean it, it makes it tough obviously on the rest of the conference if, if, with, with the lack of divisions um but again, if you're going to be a playoff contending team and play for championships, you got to be one of the top teams in the league, anyway.
1: Yeah, well, one of the other problems with it, to me, is that in most cases, it's going to produce a rematch, and I don't, you know, I don't yeah, know if that's you're right. fair.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it. Everybody, I mean, everybody's assuming to be FSU Clemson again, but it, you know, it's not. So uh, it's it just, um, I think, again, that's what makes. It- College football so much fun, you know? I mean it's you know, you gotta play the game every Saturday, so um it's cliche, but it, it is the truth.
1: But you know, you mentioned something when we were talking about the playoff. I don't wanna see a vote determining the playoff. When when they go to twelve teams, what I'd like to see is the conference champions, regardless of record, regardless of rank, automatic Because you 'Cause you're gonna automatic get- bid. Yeah, you're going to get six at large teams. There aren't 12 deserving teams.
0: Right. No, that's again, that's that's a great argument, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, I do. Uh, I mean, again, I mean, the college football season is going to be extended even longer. But at the same time, if, if you want more teams in the playoff, uh, I think this is the fairest way of getting them in. So, I mean, I, I, it's, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, but now, you know, I, I kind of agree with you in terms of um, it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how all these teams, you know, what where, where are they placed in that in that type of playoff?
1: No doubt. I got to ask you about this. I know it's Big Ten, but you've seen a lot of college football today. We found out that Harbaugh and Michigan have accepted the three-game suspension in exchange. Michigan drops their lawsuit against the Big Ten, and the Big Ten drops the investigation. Um, for the sign-stealing stuff. What's your opinion of that?
0: Well, I mean, Harbaugh, they've got a court injunction, correct? I mean, that comes tomorrow. He has has the hearing.
1: Yeah, I think they've dropped all that.
0: Oh, they did? Okay, so I missed that today.
1: Yeah, I I think that was my understanding of it, is that they came to an agreement between the two that you drop the investigation and we'll drop the lawsuit. And that he just accepts right. the three-game suspension, which is going to be the Ohio State game too.
0: Right, It seems kind of be a kind of a wash. I mean, I'm because it seems to me that the Big Ten, um, you know, the coaches and ads are very adamant about, um, you know, some serious penalties. I'm not real sure. I guess well, I guess three-game suspension is, is they're comfortable with that. So that's interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're, you're telling me breaking news that I just I was unaware of today.
1: So I gotta, I gotta check. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as always, Jim, we appreciate you being with us. And um, tell everyone how they can get uh, to read your expertise on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you can visit Tallahassee.com, www.tallahassee.com. Um, you follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I'm at Jim Henry Talley 31 and, um, yeah, last home game for FSU this year, then they're going to, you know, going to tear down the West Sands at Doe Campbell. So kind of an end of an era, um, all these renovations are going to happen during the off season. So it's going to be very interesting this way.
1: Are they going to increase the stadium size or they No, gonna... it's it's,
0: it's going to dip about 10, 10,000. And that's, that's been big story up here is the uproar of, of, if you want to renew your season tickets, you got a capital campaign gift you have to make. And, um, you know, some folks who've been on the forties and 50 yard line for all these decades are, um, everybody's, everybody's kind of losing their seat because of the reconfiguration. So, um, yeah, some angst up here, but it, it's much neat. Need- yeah. doe Campbell needs, Needs to be renovated and, and um,
1: so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Well, what's the capacity going to be? What is it now? What's it going to be? It's, it's going to be, it's going to drop 10,000.
0: It's, it's going to go from 79 to maybe 69, 70, right around. Wow. There. 70. Yeah. It's going to have suites and, um, all kind of new amenities and, and they're going to re, uh, reconfigure the champions club in the south end zone so uh, a lot a lot of changes
1: <laughs> and as always get your wallet out huh <laughs>
0: yeah it's going to be modernized but it dope needed it that's for sure
1: oh man jim thank you so much appreciate your time right. thanks brother see you man all right the great jim henry the tallahassee democrat one of our favorite guests man he knows his stuff you're listening to ronnie o and without Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF.
0: Hi, this is A. Almendinger, driver of the Richard Petty Motorsports, number 43 Ford.
1: You're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ronnie O., Coach Joe, in the Ozone tonight on Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. They turn scrap metal into cash. All Right. right, Ronnie Ocean back in the Ozone I know you're waiting. I can hear the stomachs growling. You cannot wait to get out to Miller's. Yeah, the Clarkster's always hungry. You can't wait to get out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. And our sports quiz winner will have an opportunity to go out there and eat and drink what they want. Take $30 off their tab. $30. Man. All right. If you haven't won in the last six months, here's our question. Give us a call 682-1430. That's 682-1430. What I want to know is the Tampa Bay Bucks record for most passing yards in a game is 486 yards. Who did that? Was it A Doug Williams? B Steve Spurrier or C Tom Brady. Give us a call, six eight, two, fourteen thirty if you haven't won in the last six months. And you can tell us which quarterback did that for the Bucks and we'll send you out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House and you will have the opportunity to eat and drink what you want and take $30 off your tab. 682-1430. There you go. That's a pretty easy one. So, all right, on this date back in 1907, the 12th Iron Bowl was played. Auburn and Alabama tied at 6-6. They used to play in Birmingham all the time. On this date in 1957, Boston Celtics rookie Bill Russell, the greatest basketball player of all time, set an NBA record of 49 rebounds as the Boston Celtics beat the Philadelphia Warriors 111-89 at Boston Gardens. You say, wait a minute, I thought Michael Jordan was the greatest player of all time. Well, Jordan won six championships, took him five years to win the first one. The Celtics had never won anything. They drafted Bill Russell. They won the first year. He played 13 years, won 11 championships, almost double what Jordan won. Jordan won one championship in college at North Carolina, one of the all-time powers. Bill Russell went to the University of San Francisco. They'd never won before, haven't won since. But with Bill Russell, they won back-to-back. He was an Olympic gold medal winner. And here's another one. 22 times Bill Russell's teams played a loser goes home game. Bill Russell was 22 and 0 in those games. 22 and 0. Greatest player of all time. All right, 1957, University of Oklahoma. Their win streak of 47 straight stops as they lose 7 to nothing to Notre Dame and that was in Oklahoma in Norman, Oklahoma. All right. In 1966, Pittsburgh Pirates outfielder Roberto Clemente is named NL MVP. You know, I did not know he was in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve, and and he was a world champion in 60 and 71. He was with the Pirates from 55 to 72, had 3,000 hits exactly, a 317 batting average and 240 home runs in a very unfriendly ballpark for home run hitters. And another thing about Clemente, you did not go from first to third on a single on him because you're probably going to get thrown out. He had one of the best throwing arms of anybody I've ever seen in Major League Baseball. Great player. Well, call us. Give us a call, 682-1430. It's multiple choice, my goodness. We'll send you out to Miller's Lakeland Alehouse and you take $30 off your tab. Here's the question. If you haven't won in the last six months, the Bucks record for most passing yards in a single game is four eighty six. Was that done by Doug Williams, Steve Spurrier, or Tom Brady? Come on, it's easy. 682 1430. 682 1430. Give us a call, and we will send you out to Miller's Lakeland Alehouse, armed and dangerous with that gift certificate. In 1976, Rick Barry, former University of Miami star, then playing with the San Francisco. Francisco's Golden State Warriors, ends the longest NBA free throw streak of 60 straight. You know, Rick Berry actually played in Lakeland at Lakeland High School's gym against Florida Southern College. And Bobby Bowman, one of the greatest players in the history of Florida Southern College, told me that Rick Berry scored 45 and Bobby Bowman scored 43. So there's a little trivia for you. Rick Berry played right here in Lakeland in the Lakeland High School gym. We got somebody hungry and thirsty. Greg, how are you tonight? I'm doing okay. How are you? Fantastic. You hungry and thirsty? I will be when I get to Miller's. Ah, uh, there you go. That's what we wanted to hear. Um, the Bucks' record for single-game passing is 486 yards. Was that done by Doug Williams, Steve Spurrier, or Tom Brady? I know it wasn't Steve Spurrier. That's right, because they were awful back then. I think it was Tom Brady. No, not Tom Brady. Okay, well... uh, You know what? We're about to run out of time. I know you wanted to say Doug Williams. So, Doug Williams it is. So, if you'll hang on the line, we will send you out to Miller's Lakeland House because we're about to run out of time. How about that? Uh. I can't lose with that, it sounds like. No, you cannot. And um, you ever been out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House? I've been out there a few times, yes. All right. What's your favorite meal out there? Uh, I got to say they have the best hamburgers I've ever had. Oh, I'm telling you, I, you're with. I'm with you. Love their hamburgers out there. Oh, man. I know. Well, um, hang on the line. Eric will get your information and we'll send that out there tonight. You can go as soon as tomorrow. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Greg. We appreciate you listening. Hang on the line. All right. Ronnie O, we won't be here next week. We'll have a best of next week. Happy Thanksgiving.